listener exclusive. It is a Monday, the 25th of July. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, have we ever had a round in which the three most famous Two Guys, One Cup tropes, Richmondy, Disappointing and Bevo's Bottom Boys, have all collided on the same weekend? I think, like, I heard this morning on some of the football commentary that they thought it was the best round of the year. Like, you know, games-wise, across the board, best round of the year. But here's what I'm going to say about that. If that is indeed true, then I think Two Guys, One Cup has captured the zeitgeist because (laughs) exactly what you've said, it was the best Two Guys, One Cup trope round of all time. <laughs> yeah, we just needed Nick Revolt to tee off on Reece Stanley. He couldn't because he got injured. But like if yeah. Nick Revolt had teed off on Reece Stanley, then it would have been chef's kiss. I'm, it really was. I mean, okay, do, where do we start? Do we start with Richmondy? Let's start with Richmondy because that is the big talking point. And having looked through the messages, that is the number um, one topic that people want to talk about. Mate, if you had Google alerts for <laughs> Richmondy in your phone, it wouldn't have stopped pinging this week because how quickly it went from Jared Waitley throwing in a couple of, you know, Will Anderson might have come up with Richmondy, not Will Anderson, Two Guys, One Cup, an yep. AFL adjacent podcast. Uh, but. It was a bit of Jared. Jared, this is how Jared sets the agenda in town. Because by this weekend, people were just dropping in Richmondy mm. to the point where it was just like, oh, this is back as a term that we all use now. You know, it's like the dread. It was like the dreaded syndesmosis. Richmondy is back. Well, last time it was in the media, it was like a story that Richmondy was a thing. You know, they were like, oh, Will Anderson on his podcast came up with this funny term, isn't hilarious? And it was like. It was like a like a just a, a a bit you put at the end of the paper, just like a little, just like a just one two yeah, two paragraphs. Quirky. Now that it's fucking headlines, how did we <laughs> how did we get legitimate like that? Well, how did the word get legitimate like that? Well, uh, to the point where, of course, because we've been struggling with Collingwood, and I know we'll get to the pies later in the show, but we've been struggling with capturing what this new Collingwood is, right? Mm. Like it used to be backs, backs, to, the backs to the wall. But that's not the new Collingwood. The new Collingwood is winning games by a kick, basically, yeah. right? Like, you know, looking like you should lose the game and then just winning the game. I heard somebody this morning on Jared Whateley's show call it Collingwoody. Oh, no, <laughs> fuck off. I've got a Apparently, this is... I mean, I think it's brave to put Woody yeah, at the end right. of any term that you're going to use for a start. Especially if your name's Colin. I've got a Colin Woody. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> well, uh, for anyone who was on planet Mars, uh, yes. So the Tigers Friday night uh, with the last two minutes to play uh, uh, had two opportunities to win the game. One uh, was Noel Bolter taking too long to take his shot on goal, got smothered. And then this was the last play of the day. Off hands, Frederick, a little chance there.
As the siren sounded. And BT, he has got a thumping left boot to Cumberland. He had the range. No doubt about it. Can you believe that? Yes, JB, we can. <laughs> we can. We, we thought can. we'd forgotten, but we remember. When it's back, it just comes back so strong. Like, I mean, the Bolter thing alone, if that had decided the game, yeah. everyone would be like, well, that is very Richmondy. Like, the first guy in the history of the AFL to be called for, like, taking yeah. too long to come in for goal. Like, and he did. He did take too long. Yeah. And the great thing about that 30 seconds is you only have to take one step forward for the umpires to con- consider that you've started, like, Your kicking approach. for goal. Yeah. He just... He was like a statue. He was like, I'm not moving unless somebody gives me a, like a gold a gold coin. That is the only time I'm moving. I'm not moving my feet. I think when the umpire said stand, he heard it. He's like, I can't move. Well, it's funny too, like the way that Richmond fans, because it's almost like, you know, when someone has been clean for a while and then they relapse yeah. and when they relapse, they relapse hard. So we, hard. Richmond have relapsed hard. <laughs> like they gave us two huge moments in the last like two minutes of the game. And what I've noticed online is because obviously a lot of our listeners were like, oh my God, Richmondy, Richmondy, Richmondy. And then what I noticed was like third party people who don't follow our accounts or listen, but I've obviously got alerts for, you know, when people talk at Richmond started attacking them. And I realized that, look, anecdotally, I don't have this, yeah. I don't have like hard data on this, but mm-hmm. Richmond fans are so insecure about their success. Like think about Hawthorne fans, like, for so long, the trope, trope was, oh, I hate Hawthorne fans. And Hawthorne fans just laugh and they just lap it up. and like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, but we've won like a billion premierships, so we're okay. It's the price of being successful. Yeah, yeah. Like, and they live know, with it. Hawthorne, they don't Hawthorne react. They don't just, answer to every yeah. single like critique on Twitter. But Richmond fans are savage. It's like someone, because one of our listeners is like, haha, Richmond, he's back. And some guy attacked me. He's like, well, we're, we've won more premierships in the last three years and your club's won in 100. I'm like, well, how the fuck did I get involved in this? Well, I mean, he makes a fair point. That is quite valid. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like when it comes to their public profiles, Hawthorne fans are Jeff Bezos, right? Yeah. Super yeah. successful, but tends to just like ride roughshod over any criticism that comes his way. Factory workers don't get breaks. They're peeing in bottles. What You just never hear Bezos. He just keeps like, he's like, fuck it. I'm going to build a rocket that looks like a dick and shoot it into space. I don't give a fuck, right? Yeah. Whereas Elon Musk, is Richmond. Yeah. Right? Super successful recently. Yeah. But still Searches incredibly on paranoid about micromanaging any design. Like, and there's like, oh, I invented an electric car that everyone wants to buy. Oh, shit, the engines are blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, I think that part of Richmondy, what gets lost in the Richmondy thing was yeah. it, it, it's part of the reason we love Richmond. Like it's actually a, it's a really likable trait that yes. they have, and so I think no one begrudged them the success. Like the, I didn't begrudge them the dynasty that they had, but like Richmond fans don't want Richmondy back. I say go the other way. I say yeah, just be like the team that can yeah we can win back to back flags, but we can also <laughs> lose an unlosable game in bizarre circumstances. Yeah, I don't think it. I, I think it actually humanizes you. Yes. Like, I think we like Richmond fans generally more than we like Hawthorne fans because, you know, I mean, Matthew Richardson, like, I mean, literally, it was Richo Mundy for a while, right? That yeah. was the way that he, he was played the, the game. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, you know, highest highs, lowest lows, you know, nothing much in between. And <laughs> it was, 
It's the same thing, I think, you know, in a different way, but that is adorable about Joe Danaher. Yeah. Like, you know, why I like Joe Danaher so much is Joe Danaher, I mean, Joe Danaher really should have played at Richmond. Yeah. He is the most, the currently most Richmondy player playing in the <laughs> NFL, right? It's so right. Like that goal he kicked in the Q clash. Like, do you think he had any idea what he was doing when he went into that particular contest? Uh, or any contest. <laughs> like, that he plays the game. With, even he. Like, the way that he reacts to goals or points is exactly the same. Like, yeah. nah, <laughs> I guess. Like, at one stage he fucked up and was kind of just laughing, but not in a, like... Again, not in a like a I don't, I don't care or I'm not trying way because he was still like dominant in that game, but just in a sort of yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty Richmondy. <laughs> I mean, you can totally make sense now why he was desperate to get out of Melbourne because he plays the game with the same level of interest of people in Queensland have, you know, yeah. in Aussie rules. Like it's almost the perfect level for him to be at. You know, he's not, the, he doesn't strike me as a big footy head who, if we did his pocket profile, I bet you he's not going to games when his team's not playing. But when he's out there, he's like, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy myself. And that's admirable. Yeah, he goes, like, yeah, I play for the Brisbane Lions. They're my second team. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you what I did love about the Q Clash is good game of footy. Like, I mean, Brisbane tore away at the end, but like up until three quarter time, it was a really great, one of the better Q Clashes. Mm. Uh, and you know that I have a fascination for the Q Clash. But we know that uh, Charles Cameron, Charlie Cameron, when he kicks a goal, um, they play uh, Take Me Home Country Roads. John Denver, right? Yeah. But did you see any of this game on the weekend? Because no. there was one after a goal he kicked where he runs back to the square and they've got the camera on him and he's singing along. <laughs> like he is there on the edge of the square going, take me home, country roads. And I'm like, I do like Brisbane. Like this whole vibe with them playing the songs after the, like the, it's, there is a bit of a, a fun out of town we don't take AFL that seriously vibe about Brisbane in general. Yeah. But do you think like, where do you think they sit in the, like the power rankings? It feels like Geelong's overtaken them and Collingwood even potentially have overtaken them. So do you even consider them a premiership threat anymore? Yeah. I consider, I reckon there's probably nine or, I reckon there's probably eight or nine teams that could win the premiership. Right. I don't think I've ever been able to say that at this point in the season. You think that, for me, it's like who gets to into the finals. And then once we see who gets into the finals, you could probably make a case that any of those teams could go on a run and win the premiership this year. Because you couldn't discount Sydney. You couldn't discount Geelong. You couldn't discount Melbourne still. like You couldn't discount Carlton. Carlton could get on a run and roll through the finals. If the Bulldogs scraped into the eight you'd think they'd be in form enough that they could make a run for the finals. Fremantle don't look like it at the moment, but yeah. if they get back to the form they had early in the season, they could make a run. I think Brisbane, this is almost a better position for them because I think that the team that wins it this year might mug everyone. Yeah, Might might not be the team that everyone's concentrating on. And while they are, yeah, while Geelong's fighting it out with Melbourne or something in a final, there's like a, you know, a team like Brisbane can just sweep through and win the whole thing. Yeah, and that's what, in a weird way, what gives you doubts about Melbourne is because they have a target on their back. Like, they are under such scrutiny. You're right. I think there's teams sort of working off Broadway 
that will probably have a better chance, plus the home ground advantage that Melbourne won't have, like a Queensland team or a Western Australian team. Well, let's talk about one team, though, that knows how to win from the bottom half of the eight, and that's Bevo's Bottom Boys. <laughs> what a great win. I watched that game yeah. and thought, oh, they're done. They're absolutely done. I don't know if it was the second or the... When you were like th- almost 30 points down in the second or the third quarter mm. and you just looked nowhere near it. And then, I mean, just Jamara. Just like, I have not seen much of him play. And I understand, I know the narrative behind it. They've been holding him back and Bevo was copping shit for a long time about why isn't he playing him, why isn't he playing him. But, you know, if that's what they were holding him back for, just like he's got to work in his contested, contested work and his positioning and stuff. I mean, fucking bravo, <laughs> because yeah. that was so exciting. I don't, everyone was talking about the Jeremy Cameron goal last week. They were screw, you know, screwing around the corner, but that goal from the 50 is so fucking hard to do. And like, he was definitely going for goal. Like there was, it was completely intentional. Like, and it also, when he kicked it, I just felt like oh, he's going to nail that. It was amazing. Uh, our great friend Craig Coombs, who was an AFL um, talent scout, he and I have been having conversations about Jamara for years. And he's always said that he thinks he's one of those players that when he finally clicks through, then, you know, there's there's no limit on what his capacity is because he does have such great... I mean, the ease of that kick, you know, the fact that he is one of those guys who can kick accurately from outside 50. And now you can see, even if he hadn't kicked that last goal, even if he hadn't kicked five goals, he kicked three last week yeah. and played pretty well. And like I was like, oh, he's kicked another three goals. Like this is exactly what you want him to do. If he could be in the team each week and kick three goals, that is more than enough for him to justify his position. But it wasn't really even that that I was excited about. Like I was like, oh, he's tackling. And then in that like final quarter of the, that game, he was just getting to like even those marks he didn't like mm. take. But it was like contest after contest that he was getting to. And then for him to get the reward of it at the end, and you know to be so reliable. With his kicking. Like, he's actually quite a classic player in that regard in that he just likes to take a clean mark and, like, he's a very, very good kick for goal. It was, you know, I think all of us over the last couple of years, you start to wonder whether... He's going to come good. You know, he's he's six foot four or six foot five or something and he's like, you know, he wasn't... But don't you reckon he, he doesn't play like that? Like, I didn't really get no. the buddy comparisons because he to me he seems more like a hybrid forward, like a Bailey Fritch... Or something, because he's super mobile, very athletic. But the difference between him and Buddy is he can actually take a mark overhead. Like he's he's a really tough matchup because like he can play tall and he can play small. And I haven't really sort of seen his skills on display before. But like, oh man, like what a player! <laughs> like hopefully well, that this run keeps any- going. If you watch any of his junior footage, and I watched all of it, <laughs> all of it that was available. Yeah. <laughs> right until you got red flagged by ASIO. We're looking yeah. at all these boy, like, could teenage you please boy stop videos. Watching these compilations of this teenage boy. But everything he did in junior footy, that that the compilation was basically what you saw right. the other night. It's just taken him two years to be able to do it against men. And you can still see that his body is not where it's going to be in a couple of years from now. But, geez, it was – like, to do it – you would have loved that game if it was against North Melbourne, but to do it against the reigning premiers in a game that was clearly so important to the club, it wasn't just the five goals, but it was the five goals clearly, you know, Saturday night football, all eyes on you, yeah. huge against pressure the reigning environment. Premiers. Like, yeah, that was – it was 
I mean, yeah. I think there's, pretty, I think two. It was pretty things, great. <laughs> yeah, and two big things came out of that for me is like, well, three. Jamara, but beating uh, the demons, which I reckon is a huge psychological thing for you yes. guys. I mean, I know we always joke about, oh, you know, it, it's a bit revenge for the grand final. But I even heard like Bailey Smith after the game go, yeah, you know, it actually feels good. We feel like we've sort of, you know, overcome a bit of a mental block by beating them. But then Bontempelli in the last two weeks, like, of course, St. Kilda fucking gave him a tune-up. And then to see the way he played, it's like, oh, this is this is just when you want Bontempelli to start, like, peaking. He's, like, four weeks out from finals. Well, I've got to say thank you to St. Kilda for both, <laughs> I think, Jamara and Bont. Like, I think you really played them both into form. In fact, I think... Like the true person that should be thanked for that victory on Saturday night is the St Kilda Football Club. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you saw after the game, um, but Cody Waitman was being interviewed by uh, uh, Jonathan Brown on uh, uh, Best on Ground. Now, I'd forgotten that it was like Retro Round or Heritage Round Mm -hmm. or or whatever the hell they're calling it. But um, Rui, who has really embraced being like a TV personality now. Doesn't mind a dress up. I saw him moonwalking on like Friday night. <laughs> then he's on Best on Ground wearing like a big fake mo. So uh, this is what Brownie was talking to Cody Waitman about. Well done, Cody. Congratulations, mate. I'm not sure if you can see the monitor, but which Mustaka is better? Your coach Luke Beveridges or our man Nick Rewalt? I really, if you, when you see the footage of it, like Cody Waitman, like <laughs> he's staring at the monitor, not knowing what he's going to say. But here's my question, Will. In an era in which AFL footballers have mullets and big like handlebar mustaches again, is it particularly funny or weird to have like someone sitting on a couch wearing a fake mustache? Like no, Tom Lucatore like, has a funnier looking mustache than the fake mate, one Nick Revolt was wearing. There's like six guys at the Bulldogs who have weirder mustaches than that, <laughs> including the coach of the Bulldogs. Like literally the guy that he's meant to look up to the most and take orders from has a more ridiculous mustache than that. I will say this though, this Nick Rewald, I never saw this coming. No, I never did. saw this guy who, and again, I know there's like, I mean, I don't know if Best on Ground is absolutely killing it in the ratings or anything. I mean, it's a Saturday night late show on on Cable. Fox. But Nathan Buckley and Nick Rewald both are very natural performers. Like they love a little bit of dress up. So like, did you stick around for Bucks's porn shop? The no. sketch they did? No. It's, no, right. it's, so it's based on, you know, porn stars, the TV show. Yeah. So they did this sketch where Nathan Buckley is basically, he's the, the porn shop owner who's negotiating over these things. <laughs> and then a series of people would come in trying to like, you know, off-sell something. So um, Nick Rewalt, like acting his ass off in sunglasses, <laughs> like he's had a big night out, he's made some promises. What is going on? Is, did you dream this or is this real? <laughs> this is a real sketch. So I'm going to run you through this sketch. Oh so, <laughs> okay. Nathan, so the, the joke is that instead of the TV show porn stars, Nathan Buckley is the guy running the porn shop, okay? okay. So uh, first person who comes in uh, trying to sell something is uh, Nick Rewalt. He's in dark sunglasses the premise is that he'd had a big night out. He'd made some promises about the Tasmanian franchise. And so now he needed to raise some money by selling some items of memorabilia. So he comes into Bucks's pawn shop and he hands over this like grand final medal. And the payoff of the joke is it's a 
it's the premiership medal that they did not win. Basically, that's the that's the joke, right? <laughs> then Dun- yeah, I know. <laughs> Every Saints fan's like, <laughs> what? You don't find it funny that your captain is now past that enough jokes. that he can <laughs> enjoy that as a little bit of comedy? Fucking hell. Um, Jason Dunstall comes in. Um, he's trying to sell something as well. And then uh, the big the big payoff at the end is Warwick Kappa comes in. Right. And Warwick Kappa, of course, has mistaken... Um, the fact that it's a porn shop uh, for it being a porn shop yeah. and Warwick Kappa has a stack of his DVDs that he's made <laughs> that he wants to sell and Nathan Buckley buys them. So you see this scene of Nathan Buckley watching the pornos out the back. So you're on Bucks's face, but you're getting like, you know, that reflected light of somebody watching TV and you're seeing Bucks's like reactions to his in this sketch watching Warwick Kappa's pornos. And then Bucks goes out and gives him 500 bucks for the pornos. <laughs> What's the joke? The joke is, I guess, that Nathan Buckley loves watching Porn. Warwick Kappa fuck. So I guess that's the joke. And then it comes back to the couch. And Nathan Buckley, who just a year ago was coach of the Collingwood Football Club, is now so totally full frontal. Like when North Melbourne was seeking him out, like, hey, to see, look, are you still interested in coaching? And he said quite firmly, no, I'm not. I can't see myself coaching next year. Is that the sketch he had in mind? It's like, I really, I just want to like explore my comedy like in my comedy chops a bit more. Mate, you've got to see it. It's they no, commit. I don't think like I do. honestly, no, no, honestly, I think that you will admire because <laughs> in the old days when footy players did like sketches or skits or whatever, like it was very much you know we're dressing up in women's clothes and this yeah. is hugely pantomime. But this is not pantomime. It's there was not, a character. I, there was an objective yeah, motivation. It's not. I think you should leave, but it's shot in a way that like you know is very realistic and like they're all committing to their performances <laughs> like it's God. something that's amazing yeah uh, look while we're on the topic of uh, uh, collingwood um do you think they can stop it now like i think you know we all had some goodwill but i uh i'm starting to worry <laughs> i'm starting to worry that they could go all the way I mean, I had sort of half an eye on this game and I think in the last quarter, the Bombers were 20 points up and like, oh, thank God someone's going to break the run. And then just what a fucking rock star finish. I mean, the Noah Anderson goal after the siren a few weeks ago, I thought that was going to be like, you know, that'll be the goal after the siren highlight that gets played all year. No. From the boundary line, on the 50 and just like drop punt, just cool as you like. And then the reaction afterwards, it's like this fucking Pies team, irrepressible. I mean, that is a gun kick. Jamie Elliott is a gun player. He's yeah. one of those players. Crawled by injuries. Yeah. But he has been, hasn't he? Like, because yeah. every time he does get a decent run at it, you just see that, like, he, he has so much class and so much skill. Like he, I, he, I reckon he was like a less aggressive Toby Green. He had yeah. all the tools that Toby Green had. Could take a great mark, really deadly on mm-hmm. goal, midfield minutes if you need him to. But then, yeah, the injuries yeah. just got him. Yeah, but like at his best, super player. And yep. I think that kick... I mean, to, like I love Draper's goal last week, but to me, that's goal of the year. Oh, the pressure. The pressure, the spot it was on the field, the way he kicked it, just everything about it. Like, even just the mark was great. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like that, that was an easy mark for him to take. And then to 
just be so cool and fuck I love when like it was the same with Jamara I love when a player kicks a goal when they're already close to the boundary because just the turn to the crowd is one of the great moments in AFL isn't it like so what he did the Hulk Hogan kind of like hand to the ear didn't he (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're there and you have the opportunity, you take it. Yeah. Uh, ben Long kicked a goal for the Saints on the weekend where he did the, uh, it was like the double pythons down. And I'm like, ah, oh, I think if you're going to go to the audience, you need to kind of provoke a bit more. Like I like the phone call. I like the hand. The, I like the shh. The shh is the, the cheeky jack shh is the best one. And speaking of cheeky jack, Mm. Uh, did you see that head high tackle? Here's what happened uh, when he got his head ripped off. Mason Cox charging out. He gives it off to Ginnivan. He's taken high up by lets it go. Oh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I think his reputation cost him there, Jack Ginnivan. It certainly did. I mean, that was the most blatant head high tackle. I'll say that last week. I'll say it again. Leave Cheeky Jack mm. alone. Right? Leave him alone. I don't think... They're clearly trying to set a precedent now, so it's going to get like over-policed for the next two or three weeks. But I want Cheeky Jack to keep dropping his knees. I want him to duck into the tackles. I think just like we make an exception for Buddy's arc, we make an exception for Cheeky Jack. He drops his head, let it go. Yeah, there's an exception. We call it the jackal, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if, in fact, this might suit St Kilda. If your name is Jack. Yes, totally. <laughs> Um, I yeah look I mean that I, that should have been a free kick yeah. I think they umpired it pretty well on the weekend across the round but that definitely he's repeat is that this is amazing to me though this is what I will say is because how many games has Ginevan played like he's only played like 20 games or something right like, yeah it's a bit less than 30 for sure yeah yeah there are rare players that have played that few games that have been talked about this much. Like he must be almost the most discussed player in the AFL this year. I mean, I think when you, when you adopt the persona of pest, it's a great way to catapult yourself into notoriety. Like I think of players like uh, Jake King, you know, Hayden Ballantyne, like, you know, uh, Jack Ginevan has got way more ability than either of those guys, but they were very prominent for, you know, like, do you remember that game against Collingwood where Jake King basically just decided to just attack people? <laughs> like, he was no longer playing the ball. And the entire Collingwood, he got a free kick. He had his jersey ripped. And after he took the kick, like, 15 players descended on him just to, like, get him after the kick. I'm going to suggest to the AFL something. We have the rising star. Yes. What about the rising pest? Yeah. To keep the pest in the game. So, like, each rising year you could pest. nominate the, like, you know, who... Shows the most pestential, right? Yeah, like to like to be because I mean he has burst onto the scene in a pest sense, both in a football sense and a pest sense, right? Like I don't yeah. think this early in anyone's career they've been this pesty. But do you think he's too skillful to be a pest? Like I imagine if you want it to be the best pest, mm-hmm. like your the focus is not on the skill set; it's on how annoying are you? Is he the most annoying player? In the game, because well, see, I'd what say you're Tom talking Papley about is. now is now you're talking about a more a pest and fairest. Yeah. It's a combination of the person who can play well but also be pesty. That's right. Uh, there was a huge mark taken uh, in the Carlton or GWS game. Toby Green soared to great heights, and he does bite off the long kick. Green. Oh! We have liftoff. Toby Green. He 
to see that leap again. <laughs> That's massive. <laughs> Gotta say, I'm a little disappointed that Dwayne I, didn't declare a mark little of the disappointed. <laughs> this is like, literally a guy who like, like troll like. Like Crumb the ball the fell into his hands once and he called it crumb of the year. And Toby Green's taken one of the greatest marks of all time and Dwayne's given it, we have liftoff. Oh, we have liftoff, yeah. And, Come okay, on. so here's the thing though. I wanted to ask you, because I didn't uh. see the mark live. I saw it. I saw a photo of it on the AFL website and I'm like, holy fuck, like look at that. Mm. But then I watched the video of it and I don't think it looked that good. What do you like? Do you reckon some marks look better in photos than they do when you see? Like, yes. yes. Yeah. So I think, like, even the Shea Bolton one last year, I think looks great in the photo because if you capture it right at the highest mm. point, it's like amazing. But then when you actually sort of see yeah. the mechanics of it, it takes away a bit of the magic. Where do you rate the Toby Green? Like, because everyone's like, oh, that's mark of the year. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't recall one You're another right. one this year. A couple year, of but- frames of it were mark of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. Like sometimes you get that. I mean, the classic of the Ablett one, if you see the Ablett one at the top of the mark where the ball's actually in his hand, you're like, this is the greatest mark of all time. And then yeah. you see the actual replay of it, it. You go, oh, he actually dropped it. So that it does kind of <laughs> diminish it a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I, I think your reading of it is absolutely right. The, the, the photo of it is amazing. Yeah. The mark itself is, you know, it's a, it's a great mark, but it's not. Like mark of the year, mark of the year, and Dwayne do better. And uh, but Dwayne, come on, yeah. I mean, this is it's it's better than Dwayne gave it, particularly on the <laughs> Dwayne ratings. Brain, Dwayne. Which means it's uh, time to talk about mm. some uh, Dwayne Russell commentary. But before we do, um, another commentator, Kelly Underwood, we uh, mentioned yeah. last week. She almost threaded the needle with the seven trivia about Riley Thill. Billy Thorpe, Thorpe. Thrill Thorpe, Thorpe. <laughs> stumbled right at the end. Uh-huh. Uh, she was doing the pre-match for uh, West Coast versus St Kilda. She's talking to St Kilda coach Brett Ratton, and I say that for a reason. Uh, the Carlton coach, Brett Ratton, has been good enough to join us. <laughs> Brett, um, the Carlton coach, Brett Ratton. Uh, easy, easy mistake to make, though. Yeah, right. I bet you he wishes he was the Carlton coach. <laughs> <laughs> you just imagine if he just rocks down to Princess Park. He's like, oh, no, Kelly Underwood's head, guys. Yeah. So happy to be here. Looking forward to the finals. Uh, it wasn't a great game. Uh, the Saints got the win. But uh, did you see the surface of the ground? Like, it was yeah. unplayable. So they had, I think they had like two EPL exhibition games happen in the days beforehand. And there was just one side of one pocket in the uh, 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 that was just mud underground. I think Jay Gresham's done his knee, which is great. I think that had to do with the ground. It shows us how much football's changed though, isn't it? Because that was Moorabbin every week back in oh, the day. That was Moorabbin on a good day. Yeah. And sometimes on purpose. Sometimes they'd go and water the ground if it hadn't been raining just so it was like that. Whereas like... Uh, we're so unused now to seeing the ground in any sort of bad shape that when you see it like that, you're like, we can't let these precious boys play out there. They're going to hurt themselves. <laughs> the boys. Think of the boys. Uh, now, Geelong played Port uh, on the weekend, which someone pointed out is actually yeah. the Dwayne Russell Cup. The Dwayne Russell Cup, yeah. Um, I didn't see uh, a lot of Dwayne's commentary this week, but uh, listener Jacob sent in this highlight, which I think can be the brain Dwayne of the week. 
It's like the Hadron, the Hadron Collider. Collider that's splitting the atom. the atom between them. And then he felt like people atom. did not get that. So he's like, that's how hard they're going at each other. Well, when I first watched it, I was like, oh. I was one of the players called Hadron. <laughs> like, did they collide? Is, yeah. is, 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 was it a collision? It was a collision. They both okay. went for the ball. They went, both went for the ball in a hard collision. He yeah. said, it's like the Hadron Collider, which is a, yeah. a big leap. But yeah. now what we're discovering is, what did he say about the Toby Green mark? It was uh, a liftoff. Yeah, we have liftoff. What's he said about this? Oh, Hadron Collider. Hadron <laughs> Collider. watching a science documentary. I feel like Dwayne's been going through like astronaut yeah. books this week looking for new football references. <laughs> so, Essendon, E equals MC squared. <laughs> the centre square. <laughs> Uh, well, now it's time for everybody's favourite segment. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Luckett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. That's right. It's time for the Pocket Profile Pocket. Mm. I was uh, scouring the footy record trying to find a player that had some interesting answers. Because sometimes, like, you can just read, like, some player just wants to be this to be done. I don't know how they conduct this, if it's like an email they have to fill out or if there's some media manager there who's asking them questions. But certain players just want to get it done. Other players are like, oh, here's a good chance to have some jokes with the boys. I'm going to like weave in some yep. in-jokes. So it's really for an audience of like 40, but no one else will get it. Uh, and then there's Trav Collier, who this may be your greatest challenge yet, okay. and I'll do my best. Tell me why. Because uh, there are some jokes woven in. There's some colloquialisms. Uh, there's some in-jokes. Um, there is some just uh, purposely obscure answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is possibly the most niche favorite film named okay. uh, that has never been mentioned before. Oh, I, there was one player who uh, has uh, named the Shawshank Redemption. I almost did an entire pocket profile just to get to that. <laughs> Just to see, just to see if you had the feeling back. But uh, let's uh, let's delve okay. into Trav Collier. Now he opens with a joke, and there's no way I can even give you a clue about this. Um, so his favourite non-AFL AFL sporting team. It's a local Western Australian cricket club, um, and it's one of the famous areas of of Perth. Yeah. So like, I mean, he plays for Fremantle, so right. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's um, not that. But it's not Fremantle. Yeah. It's uh, famous, f- famous football area, um, and even has a ground there. An no. old ground that they used to play at. <laughs> <laughs> no, where um, is it? Tell me. Uh, if rhymes with Bubiaco. <laughs> <laughs> Subiaco. Subiaco Cricket Club. Okay. It's his right. favourite non-NFL sporting team. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's got some mates there where he played there. Because right. he used to play for Essendon, but maybe he's a Western Australian. Maybe he had the dreaded go-home factor at some point. He might point. have had the go-home factor. Does Trav, mm. and I can call him Trav, go to AFL games when uh, the Dockers are not playing? <sighs> so... Um, like probably not based on the whole you know one team town so I'm going to say no uh, that's correct 
Should the sender bounce be retained? Now, his answer <laughs> okay. is a common mm. saying um, to express... Uh, um, indifference? Is he indifferent? No, mm. to express... Um, def- de- uh, it's a definitive answer when someone says... Like, it's like a means of course, definitively. It would be absurd to suggest otherwise. Mm. Um, well, how about this? Will, if duh? a bear shits in the is woods, it... <laughs> yeah. what else is it? What is else is indisputable? Um, Bears shitting in the woods, and uh... <laughs> Russell Crowe might have an interest in. If you can think about the episode of Typhoid we recorded yesterday, um, the Catholic priests will be pedophiles. You're on the right track. <laughs> Catholics are definitely involved. God only knows. No, <laughs> is the Pope a Catholic? Is the Pope a Catholic? Oh fuck! <laughs> All right, sorry, that was has terrible, not please. started well. No, that bet. Um, I, I am also off my game as well. Okay, we've got f- terrible forward connection. That's, That's the okay. Issue. No, no, what? no. I'm again. I was in Travis's head, and yeah. I've worked out that that is not the place that I need to be. <laughs> I thought about Travis too much at yeah. the start of this when you were running it through, and I'm trying to go. What? Where do you play? You was Essendon? Is it Fremantle? Whereas I've got to realise it's not about Travis. Yeah. It's about Charlie, and I've got to concentrate <laughs> on you and your clues and how to like unpick those clues. Okay, his non-football wish for 2022 mm-hmm. is a wish that most grumpy old men mm-hmm. would have sitting on their front porch. Um, that the kids would get off their lawn. A healthy lawn. I'm going to give you that. Oh, because, okay. Yeah, right. a healthy lawn. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's going to come in handy later. Okay, all right. What is his scariest non-football moment? Um, my clue is half a John Wick. Uh, someone stole his car. Someone didn't murder his dog, right? Half a John Wick. Oh, um, someone, uh, his dog nearly got murdered. <laughs> his dog was sick. I mean, it might have nearly been murdered. It could have been poisoned. I don't know. I, mean, I don't think your dog getting sick is half a John Wick. That's, I think that's a terrible clue. Like, like, I think it's completely inappropriate. If you're like, yeah, my dog like vomited twice in the house, so I killed like nine people. It's like half a John Wick. <laughs> well, half, no, half a John Wick you wouldn't kill anyone. You just break their arms or break their legs or whatever. Right, but that's um, still inappropriate just if your dog's sick. <laughs> It's true. I thought that was a good clue. Half a John Wick, a sick dog. I mean, I guess if someone attempted to assassinate his dog, that's more half a John Wick. Yeah, I reckon if you'd said like an eighth of a John Wick, I would have been like, okay, his car broke down or his dog got sick. That's about where, like, you just went too high. Uh, The percentages are all wrong. All right, bad first quarter for us. Uh, Yeah. Uh, You should should get this one. Who Who rules the roost in his house? Uh, Travis Collier. Come, come on, mate. Just like who rules? Who? It's always one of like three things. Yeah. Or dog. People. Yeah, correct. Dog. There you go. Uh, he went to Auskick in Esperance mm-hmm. and Marist, so I guess he is Western Australian. What was the common theme of your report card? Not the usual. Oh, okay. 
um, one word, very positive, um, <laughs> begins with an O. <laughs> Can't think of a clue. Um, uh, it's like... It, 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 to me, it means to ex, uh, excellence. Yeah. He excels. Okay. He is... He's... Um, uh, he's o, catches o, the eye. He's ocular. <laughs> <laughs> he is... Um, if you were not... Outstanding. Outstanding. I was going to say, if you were sitting inside, yeah. it's the opposite of sitting inside. <laughs> you not, yeah, that's good. If you're not inside sitting, you are outstanding. See, that's a yeah. good clue. Okay. It's better than half of John Wick. <laughs> did, he have part, did he have a part-time job while at school? Oh, I don't know. I, don't, I, I have no beat on this question, but I'm okay. going to say yes. You're correct. Where was it for a bonus? Uh, Pretty common teenage job. Western not Australia, good. fast food restaurant? No, but a chain. Okay, a chain of some kind. This is pretty common for kids, especially um, boys. Is it yes. for, for boys? Well, a skate not, shop. Actually, I shouldn't oh, not say a, that. No, not a, like yeah. What did you say? A skate shop? No, no. He's stacking shelves. Coles. Yeah. Okay. He, that is uh, that oh, is yeah. quite common, isn't it? Like yeah. Let's come up with um, one. Who's the best storyteller at your club? Mm. Um. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to. There's no pun for his surname. Uh, initials MT. Uh, MT place for Fremantle, which means um, uh, it is Michael. No, no, um, Matt. Matt Tabernar. Matt Tabernar. Who's the best social outing organizer at your club? Mm. I think this man takes pride in organising social outings and he doesn't prejudice who he invites. Pride, uh, Austin. Someone Austin? Is that... No. no <laughs> um, Pride and Prejudice. Uh, Darcy. Uh, Darcy. Correct. Uh, Sean, Sean Darcy. Darcy. Yeah. Good. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the most tech-savvy teammate? And this is baffling. I imagine this guy still listens to vinyl, uh, has a Walkman... <laughs> Gets confused oh, um, by the internet. Uh, 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 um, oh, sorry, now, now he's um, my mind's blank, but the dude has been playing for 90 years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> you're the one who's got like, seems dementia. I think I actually got a head knock on the weekend. So I'm not really <laughs> good at remembering uh, names at the moment. Um, oh, fuck. I'm not, what, you've got to come has up. my brain gone blank on that? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh. David... Monday. Monday. Does that surprise you that he's the most tech-savvy teammate? Uh, look, I think that he is the sort of person who's like, he needs to keep up with what the younger generation are doing. This is probably part of the secret of his success, right? Like, yeah. how do you, as a man who's like 39 years old or whatever he is, <laughs> like keep in touch with like kids who are young enough to be your kids? What you do... Yeah is you get very tech savvy and you like, you know, check out the Instagram and their TikTok and that's how you can just walk into the club and relate to these new young kids at the club. He was really good, David Mundy, too, I thought on Friday night. Like, it's, I wonder how far he can go. Like, he could be like a Craig Bradley, just one of those guys who just chugs along and just racks up like 400 games, right? I think so, yeah. Which teammate would run for office in the political future? Um, 
I imagine this guy would would um, pop a few expectations. Pop a few expectations. I imagine he would. Um, uh, uh, I imagine oh <laughs> this God. guy. If you, <laughs> what is happening? I'm trying to think. <laughs> what are you doing? You could you could uh, create some earrings with what this guy can do. Create some earrings. <laughs> what do you do to when you're making earrings? Pierce. How do you, how do you... Someone pierce. Alex Pierce. Alex Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! How did that take you? You could create some earrings. <laughs> I couldn't think of like pierce. Like what's a what's a, a synonym for pierce? <laughs> to pop, to split, to I don't know. Uh, rate your cooking from one to five. Okay. Big dog answer. Yeah, five. Six. Six? Yeah, and then he undercuts that with... Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm assuming this is not a real dish. I'm going to have to Google it. Uh, his, his signature dish. Yeah, all right. He pairs pa a type of pasta yeah. with a type of alcohol, and I'm just making sure that this is uh, not a real thing. Is it like um, a type of pasta... With a type of alcohol. With a type of alcohol. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, but it's not a, like a, a red wine or a, like no, some no, one like of those spirit. things that you'd expect. Oh to no, be. it's a real thing. Okay, yeah, like it's a real thing. Looks delicious. Okay. Um. Yeah. So it's a penne. Yeah. Allah, and give me the spirit. Um. Frangelico. <laughs> <laughs> penne alla Allah. vodka. Vodka. Yeah. Penne right. alla vodka is a pasta dish made with vodka and penne pasta mm. made with a heavy cream, crushed tomatoes, onions, and sometimes sausage pancetta or peas yeah. it's very popular in italy and uh and in the united states in the 1980s where mm. it was offered to discotheque customers <laughs> what that is a weird bit of trivia i mean also what a great night out at the discotheque when you just want to knock down a bowl of penne pasta well what discos you went to but the last thing i had was an appetite <laughs> well maybe this is the thing after like a couple of days of disco dancing people need right. some more carbs carb load uh, is he a golf, tennis, or neither guy? Uh, golf. Yes. Well done. Uh, has he ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Mm, yes. No. Ooh. I don't believe that. Um, can he keep a secret? Mm. Um, I mean, he's a big dog. Like We know from yeah. earlier answers. He, he's he a uses big dog. an analogy. Yeah. He says that he is like this thing when it a comes to A steel trap. A um, locked vault. A Correct. Like oh, a really? locked vault. Okay. Well done. I thought you were going to go to safe first, but vault, well done. Um, what's his idea of a perfect day? Playing a single sport, just playing a sport. But not footy, like a different not sport. Footy. Golf? A different sort. Golf, correct. Oh, you know what? Mm. Oh, no, it's not junk time yet. You're showing a bit in the third quarter, okay. and it's given your fans Premiership quarter. <laughs> Premiership quarter. You just stayed enough to stay in the game. Yeah. Let's see if you can bring it home. Now, this is a big question. Okay. This is, you've just taken a mark, right. 40 metres out, slight mm -hmm. angle, but if you get this, you're level. Something you're most proud of. He's a lawn. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Turns to the crowd. <laughs> Are yeah. you not entertained? <laughs> Oh, no. I was sending you that psychically through the computer. Okay. What's your biggest fear? You know, I think this is probably um, his biggest fear is not a great compliment to the person he's talking about. Oh, 
um, interviews? Questions? His wife. Oh, oh, no, he's, oh my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the biggest compliment you've ever received. Okay, so Dennis Cometti once said this to him. Uh, was it a Dennis Cometti? Wasn't a Cometti-ism? It, was like, it sounds like something that they had like in a, in a private chat or, you know, they probably met somewhere and he gave him a compliment uh, de- that, de- suggested, Dennis, de- that suggested mm-hmm. that Trav has a career in media post-football, but what did he specifically say about Trav would be good? Okay, you, he'd be a... He'd make a good commentator. He had a good voice for radio. A good voice for radio. Okay. <laughs> he probably said you got a good face for radio and Trav completely missed yeah, it. I heard it. He's what like, he said, said I got a good voice. Again, I think he That's said not face. That's what he said, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, this is where he's just like, what the fuck? I had to look this up. Okay. So um, what instrument could you play if you could? You're not going to get it. The answer is a garro. <laughs> Oh. And do you know what a garo is? Or, no, I don't know on, what a garo is. It? What is a garo? It is G U G G I. No, no, hang on. G U I R O. It is. Oh no, hang on. I've misspelled it. <laughs> what is it? That's G. Yeah, that's right. G U. No, G U I R. Okay, sorry. I've got to type that in again. G U I R O. Here we go. It is. A Latin American percussion instrument mm-hmm. consisting of an open-ended hollow gourd with parallel notches in one side. So you know those things oh, you yeah. can run I do know. stick up and down? Yes. <laughs> so that's the instrument you'd like to play. Okay. Um, what TV series are you binge watching? Okay, good. If I just said to you, fuck off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd personally be very insulted <laughs> until I realized there was a clue. Um, you're going to have to give me more of a clue, though, because I watch too many shows where somebody says, fuck off. Um, okay. Uh, uh, the opening uh, it has one of the most mm. like um, memorable earworm opening themes. It's like, a, it's like a piano kind of intro that then gets like a beat behind it. Okay. Um, a piano. Every character is unlikable, but the show is amazing. Uh, well, that could again still be a lot of shows. Okay. Like, it could be Breaking Bad. Um, it could be uh, The Sopranos. It could be. Um, okay, how about this? This is a good clue. The Swans got this right. The Magpies got this. The the Swans got this plan right. The Magpies got this plan wrong. Succession. Succession. Good, good, good footy related clue. I like that. <laughs> okay. Well done. All right, the best movie of all time. A Wes Anderson film and not even one of his most famous ones. Really? An obscure Wes Anderson film. Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. The Darjeeling Limited. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> Who is this man? Uh, and that was a pocket profile okay. for this week. All right. Interesting. Um, bef- was, uh, I, I didn't know anything about Travis Collier. I've got to be honest no, with you. No, he seems like an interesting, interesting cat. cat. Uh, before we get to the mailbag, let's just tell people where they can find us. Uh, we have a website, tofop.com, which houses all our podcasts. We do a bunch of different podcasts. We do one like this called Tofop, which is Will and I chatting about stuff. We did an episode yesterday where we found out Russell Crowe is doing a film where he's playing the world's greatest exorcist. So we decided to find out about the world's greatest exorcist. 
Turns out, Turns out he's a, been fudging the numbers. Complete sham. <laughs> We've uncovered it. We are Mythbusters. It's a good episode to check out. And uh, if you actually are in Melbourne on August the 7th, Sunday, August the 7th, uh, I am doing the final ever night of my stand-up show, We're Logical. Uh, Justin Hamilton is going to come and do support for that night. Uh, it is about 60% sold out, but there are still some tickets available and I would love to sell the whole thing out. So uh, August the 7th at the Athenaeum Theatre. Okay, so this is from Jock on Twitter. Uh, he says, can you please talk about that person who brought the cat to the football? Did you see this photo? I did see this. Online from the Melbourne uh, Bulldogs game. There's just mm. someone sitting in the crowd holding a rather unimpressed looking cat. Mm. Do you think that was... Uh, is it, it could be a demon supporter. Do you think he's trying to put the dogs off by bringing... Yeah. But he said he's put his cat off. The yeah. cat doesn't want to see that many dogs. That's a traumatic <laughs> experience. Uh, Ramshead says uh, uh, sadly he got injured but how much would it grind Nick Revolt's gears for Reece Stanley to be part of a premiership team Geelong must be favourites now well how long is Stanley going to be out for that's the interesting question well you know what I'd like to see with uh, according to you like Reece Stanley's new, uh, Nick Revolt's newfound like sketch comedy yeah. love if he invented like a generic Geelong Ruckman oh. character like a goofy idiot yeah character yes. he kept like running out and like stumbling over and stanley reese like, yeah <laughs> 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 i won the grand final sprint but i can't play football i'm stanley reese <laughs> uh kevin uh, uh, one of our American listeners, hi Kevin, says, my wife came downstairs and asked me if I'm crying because the demon's lost. Absolutely not, because I'm, I'm crying because for the fourth time I saw that bloody AFLW Google commercial mm. about the grandma with Alzheimer's and it finally broke me. Now, here's what I'll say about that ad. Mm. Last year, I don't know if it was Google, but there was another company no, it was did Google. an ad about, it was what, the Sudanese dad Yeah, with the what, what's daughter. a What's a blinder? Uh, a blinder. It's one of the greatest TV greatest. commercials that has ever been made. And every time it played, I would like just sob on my fucking couch. Yeah. And how <laughs> manipulated I was being by this fucking multinational, multinational. technology company. But this one, yeah. it does not get me. Nah. I There's so many things I dislike about it. I think the girl that they've cast is just no good. It's just so on the nose. It's so heavy-handed. Yeah. They've tried to go back like, to back. They've tried to recapture the magic, yeah. and it is just a pale imitation Stale. of... Stale. Yeah. You've got the Matrix, mm -hmm. and then you've got Underworld. Like, they look the same on paper, but one is fucking brilliant, and the other one is just a yeah. sad facsimile. Yeah. It, it's just... I think also there is... Like, I mean, I know that there's a partly positive story in it like you know which is that obviously this woman's connection with like um you know football helps her memories when it comes to you know her alzheimer's or you know dementia or whatever it is you know that she's suffering from but it just feels too dark for a commercial too like that whole thing of like you know i'm like stay out of this google this doesn't feel like your area well, the other one where you're helping like an immigrant to the country like l learn about the game and the culture and like you know encourage his daughter fucking love it but yeah i, I also know the people who made that first one and that that's a genuine like that guy was not an actor like it felt real like it mm -hmm. felt whereas this one i feel like they've gone to some modeling agency to cast the yeah. daughter. She doesn't strike yeah. me as some Is kind of Is there any Australian kids who got girl. rejected for Stranger Things that we can use yeah. in our commercial? 
And I just also think I've never seen like a like a, a model slash actor look more awkward or uncomfortable sitting in the stands, like just with no idea. Has obviously never done that before. It just the whole thing to me just reeks of artifice. So sorry, I'm, Kevin. Look, I'm glad yes. it, it, it touches your soul, but for me, it makes me angry. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. For whatever reason, the uh, it just. I feel manipulated when I watch that one in a way that I didn't with What's a Blinder. Um, Joel says, uh, thoughts on Jack Ginnivan's haircut? I like it. Like I it. like everything about Cheeky Jack. Yep. The more provocative, the better. Don't go changing. Uh, Julie... And by that, I mean keep changing. But I like, yeah, what, changing. I like changing. <laughs> uh, Julie says, buddy jumping Gary Ablett Sr. on the mm-hmm. all-time highest goal kickers to be fifth. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like that's well, it's also amazing that Gary Ablett Senior didn't start in the forward line. Buddy's been a forward his whole career. Like Gary Ablett Senior started on the wing. I know, but it's not like Buddy's been like Buddy hasn't always played like you know as the main goal kicker. And Buddy's played in an era where like Ablett played goals in an era less. where you could kick eight to fourteen goals a game, and that wasn't an unusual thing. Whereas, like you know, the the fact that Buddy has just I think I don't know why, but I you just always assumed that Buddy would be I think. A spectacular, you know, electric star of the game, but that that his star would eventually burn out. That was the whole thing about the long contract. People kind of just expected that he still would not be playing now and that he would... Also, guys of that size as well. They just don't have the kind of longevity of smaller players. But he's, yeah, legitimately, you know, without doubt, one of the all-time greats of the game now. Like, his just record just puts him in that category. Like, not just one of the most entertaining players, but literally just one of the best records in the history of the AFL. There was clickbait. I can't even remember who it was. It was someone on their Sunday footy show. And I, because the, the clickbait was like, Buddy's not even the best 200 players. Oh, who do you think it was? Was it, was it Kane? Yes. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. Did he really say that? Yes. Is he talking about like current Buddy or just like in general, Buddy's not in the best 200 players? No, nah, current time? Buddy. He's saying current oh, Buddy's not in the best oh. 200. Well, you know. I mean, if he's done the list, and he, but I reckon he probably still gets into the best 200, I reckon. Uh, a friend of the show, Adam Spencer, mm. has chimed in. I loved hearing Dimmer ask one journalist, quizzing him after the draw, have you played many tight, played in many tight finishes yourself, mate? Could the AFL brand one round, coaches tell it like it yes. is, no $10,000 fine? 100%. And if so, which three coaches would you most like uh, most like to hear cut loose. Well, I think oh, there's some coaches who cut loose regardless. Yeah. Like Bevo, Bevo doesn't mind having a go. <laughs> Chris Scott. Um, I think John Longmire doesn't yeah. mind having a crack. But I would love to hear Chris Fagan like unplugged. Yeah. Like just after a really bad loss, we know he has a tendency to go journos, and that would just be full like grumpy old man. Like I'd, I'm gonna, I want to see a full grumpy old man rant from Fags. I mean, I don't think we should be limiting it to three. I don't, I mean, I'm not sure there's a coach in the league that I wouldn't want to see that from. Maybe I don't, you know, I don't like it on Vossi. I, I don't think Vossi needs to go there. Rats? What about yeah. Rats? He's not real. Well, because he doesn't really show much no. anger, does he? Rats is like cuddly. So it would be good to see, yeah. like, is it all just a front? Like, does he just like, behind closed doors, is he just fucking like F, F-bombs here? And like Adam Simpson in that documentary, like just drops F-bombs like you wouldn't believe. So I wonder if like maybe Rats is a bit like that as well. It's just like, fuck this, fuck that. We fucking should have fucking won. Fucking Saints, fucking St. Killing me. But <laughs> one round every year, tell it like it is round. Like yeah, about like it. two thirds of the way through the season. 
where like the umpires have permission to tell it like it is. Like, you know, yeah, you dived, you fucking weak prick. (laughs) (laughs) The umpires tell it like it is, yeah. Right? Everyone gets to tell it like it is. (laughs) Real talk. Real talk round, we'll call it. Uh, Moving over to the gram. Um, uh, 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 Is uh, Pat... Patrick says, is Charlie Dixon the scariest man in the comp? If not, who is? I mean, he's right up there. He looks scary. I don't know. I think I think I'd like to hang out with Charlie Dixon. I think he's cool. Yeah, he like seems fun. But beard. the other night in that game, like when when Port were coming, it was because Charlie Dixon just started like th- throwing people out of the way. Like he still has yeah, that. He put down Brayshaw very gently last <laughs> week as well. So yeah. I think I think if you're asking who would I most uh, least like to line up on, Trent Cotchin. Mm. Because you're getting a fucking elbow in the teeth or some kind of late spoil or whatever. Like Trent Cotchin will hurt you. Yeah, so the death of a thousand cuts you're talking about, right? Well, probably, no, if it's me, it's like, it'd just be the one elbow, one fist. (laughs) I'll be down for, I need like eight weeks. Yeah, poor poor Trent's had a whole day planned. He was going to really take you to town and he's elbowed you once in the guts and you've gone, I'm crying. crying. Why'd you give him the gas? Because he just couldn't stand just, the crying anymore. He actually wasn't that badly injured. He just wanted to stop the whining. Just, like, just kept screaming, green dream. Give me the green dream. Dusa25 says, I'm a Tigers fan. How can we throw away a win this week? Who have the Tigers got? Let me look. Oh, they got Brisbane. The Brisbane at home. So how can they throw it away? Well, won't have to do much. I think if you... You don't have a you don't have any ruckman at the moment. If you play a small back line, that'll definitely help them. Um, but what's the funniest way they could lose to Brisbane? See, I feel like Richmondy will only be complete. Mm-hmm. Like I'll only be willing to rubber stamp it if they miss out on the eight by two points. So that draw cost them. That well, would be a very Richmondy finish. I mean, and also clearly, like I mean, the fact that we've got Richmondy going up against Danner Hurry. Right. Yeah. Oh, right. You yes. know, like there's there's got to be something in that. So maybe it's that's like, right. Right. You know, yeah. maybe Joe does something ridiculous and, and completely accidental. Yeah. The ball bounces sixteen ways, yeah. and they win after the siren. Is that's right. Yeah, it bounces off Joe Danaher's head, like for the yeah. point that they need to win the game. <laughs> off his face, he falcons it straight onto his boot for a goal. <laughs> yeah, that's how they lose. Yes. Uh, Brian has written back in saying, did I not say last week that the Pies will shithouse their way to a grand final? Yeah, you did. And we said at the time we don't understand what Again, that means. That's not what shithouse. Shithousing did your you way to a grand Did you just see what Jamie Elliott did? That's not shithouse. That's amazing. But what does it mean? How did... Brian, have you got the term wrong? Do you know, do you know that shithouse means bad? Well, maybe, maybe he's actually talking about the thing that he's going, well, most people need to defecate like, you know, once a day. And so, actually, yeah. it's a very important thing to be able to do, to be regular. You know what Collingwood are? Oh, they're, they're regular. regular. <laughs> they're the metamucil of exactly. the AFL. So, once a day, you have to go to your shit house and get your Collingwood out. Um, Stephen says, do you see Richmond finishing in the eight? Mm. I mean, fuck, who knows? Like, between the Saints, the Dogs, and the Tigers, any one of them could finish there. I think the Bevo's bottom boys are probably... Get it got Geelong this week, do you? Yep, Geelong at Geelong. Yeah, but we also have Geelong. We've got, I think we've got the toughest run out of the three of us vying because after Hawks, we have Geelong, Sydney, Brisbane. We've got so it does Frio get... as well. Right. So Over there? Can't remember. Well, I think we're at a stage now with the Tigers, Bulldogs and Saints where I think I mean, one loss. All I'm saying one is loss. either way, 
it's a victory for two guys, one cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. <laughs> if the Saints make it, that's a victory for the podcast. If the Bulldogs make it, that's a victory for the podcast. And if Richmond make it, it's probably still a victory for the podcast. But ideal scenario is Richmond finish ninth. I mean, if Richmond is truly back, but it has to be by the two points. Like they, yeah. if they had, if they, if they'd won the game against Freo, they'd be in the eight for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good point. So the team that comes eighth needs to have a lower percentage than Richmond. <laughs> But be two, but only two points ahead. That's the most Richmondy result for the season, isn't it? That's right. Okay, that is two guys, one cup for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Um, also, big thanks to Hugh Tidy who does all our themes. I keep meaning thank to you. thank him thank you. during the show, but uh, thank you, Hugh, for the music. And until next week, play on, not fifteen. Ball. We are two guys, one cup. Listener.